Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You all look like beautiful stars tonight. Watson taking a deep shot, looking for Fuller. What a catch! The pressure of J.J. Watt. But I'm trying, Ringo. I'm trying real hard to be the shepherd. Deshaun Watson does it himself. You're going to want to be comfortable today. Watch the show. Night of the fight, you may feel a slight sting. That's pride fucking with you. Fuck pride. For the win in overtime to advance the Texans. Got it. Oh, welcome in H-Town. What's happening, Houston? You know what it is. You know what it do. You know what this is. This is the Believe in Texan podcast with my man, Freddie D. Thank you very much for that introduction, Mr. Henry Thomas. For those of you that don't know about my man, Henry Thomas, all this guy did was spend 14 years starting in the National Football League, two-time Pro Bowl or two-time All-Pro, 93 and a half career sacks, most ever by a nose tackle in the history of the National Football League, over 1,000, yes, that's right, 1,000 career tackles from the nose tackle position, a Bayou Bengal and Eisenhower Eagle. Swoop, swoop. And the pride. <laughs> of the foe, foe, the one, the only, Mr. Henry Tomas. Oh, yeah, what's happening? You know what? We got some bad news for y'all. Uh, I guess it's not news because you watched the game too, did Yeah, you? I was going to say, if, if they don't know by now, <laughs> then, then uh, you know, maybe you're not a real Texans fan. And, uh, you know, listen, it, it's too – there's no reason to tune out uh, of the Houston Texans right now. I mean, I get it. You're, you're officially out of playoff contention after what went down on Sunday – uh, a a just gut wrenching loss. Henry Thomas losing to the Indianapolis Colts twenty six to twenty. Yes, in a game that uh, you know. We, I mean, in a game that you and I both concur, you should have won. Oh, absolutely! It, it was right there, and uh, they were. You know, I said it. There was on the verge. They always play them tough. Division games are always tough. I don't care what the records are. It's always a tough. Throw game. them out. Yeah, throw the records out. Just go by the talent and what you see out there because most of the time the division games are tough. You see him twice a year, and you told me a long time ago when uh, I asked you about why is it when we see free agents they typically go to teams within their division, and you know you uh, illustrated to me back then, well, they know you better than any other team outside of the team you play for. That's right. They want you. They want you more because they're like, hey, he's been destroying us. Hence why you went to Detroit. That's it. Doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. The uh, money. The money didn't hurt. Either. Well, the money. <laughs> <laughs> the loot was all right. <laughs> the loot. The loot certainly was, right. was uh, was not so bad. And you'd have thought that your your, your Vikings would have made a counter offer, but uh, no, no. They said, "All right, well, better." And you know, they they played. They had nose tackle by committee. Hooray! And as we like to say, Henry Thomas. Yeah. I, I, hey, a committee without a chairman's what <laughs> is useless. 
That's exactly. without a chairman. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to use that from here on out moving yeah. forward. So uh, welcome to the Believe in Texans podcast, week 14 edition. we got to give a shout-out to our boy Joey C. from the Believe in Bears podcast. Uh, we jumped on with him tonight, and uh, just a great podcast. Obviously, we love it for you to listen to the Believe in Texans podcast for all your Texans news, but definitely go check out the Believe in Bears podcast as well this week. Uh, like I said, your boy Henry Thomas and I jumped on there with our boy Joey C. Uh, just phenomenal radio, phenomenal podcasting, whatever the hell you want to call it, phenomenal broadcasting. Joey does an absolute tremendous job uh, doing the Bears stuff over there, so uh, definitely give him a listen oh, to. Oh, absolutely. It was it was a lot of fun. He had a lot of energy. and He knows prob- his stuff, man. And probably the best guy we've we've uh guessed for i mean oh, hands down yeah he was really it was it was really a good time no it absolutely was and uh no we certainly enjoyed it so definitely go check that out and give it a listen to you will be glad you did so uh lots to get to here uh after that week 13 loss to the Indianapolis Colts i want to ask you this you saw the snap you saw what happened and of course uh i mean it, it just sucks that that's the way the game ends yeah all right you busted your ass. The defense played its best game of the year. I don't care what anybody says. I thought the defense did what it had to do. J.J. had a great game. Terrell Adams, I mean, they made some huge stops on fourth down. Absolutely. Uh, did what they had to do, and for it to end the way it did on a bad snap, Deshaun wasn't able to get a hold of it. He muffs it at that point. Colts jump all over it. Ball game. Ball game. And uh, it's uh, it was a terrible mistake. I mean, you're trying to win the game. You're trying to, you know – Get the ball to where you know it's supposed to be to win the game. Take your eye off of it for a split second. Wasn't the greatest, you know, but you, you could I was going to say, but, I mean, but the snap was bad. The snap was bad. And but you think Deshaun still should have had it? I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that it's his fault he should have had it. But in situation like that, you have to go. And it's a mistake he'll never make again. Yeah. He'll secure the ball before because – you're waiting for that regular snap, and you're looking at what you got set up. That split second, you that ball comes out a little wobbly, a little goofy. You're and not low. and low, and you're you know you're still scanning because normally I can get catch the ball and scan. Okay, so that's the that's the deal, right? Yeah. Now the ball goes down. I lose. I gotta go for the ball. I. And I'm still trying to scan. The muscle with- memory, you're still looking up. And I think that's the thing that, that, that I don't know that's been talked about enough is the fact that because that's so second nature, right? Exactly. And, I mean, let's call it what it is. The Texans do a lot of play. They, they, I mean, they call a lot of shotgun uh, formations, right? Exactly. I mean, hell, I think, what, 80, 80% or something like that is how much they call out of the shot. I mean, really, the Texans don't go out of uh, under the center very, very often. Yeah, about, like you said, about 18% from under center. Yeah, so, you know, you think about that. And, and it's hard to do this year because you got no running game. There ain't no sense of being under there. There really isn't. <laughs> I mean, and again, you're not fooling anybody. Right. <laughs> okay? Being under center. Yeah. Like, oh, they're giving us a different look. Yeah. Oh, they're going to run it now. Check out of this. Yeah. Check out of whatever defense we were just in. They're under center now. No, that, that's, 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 not the, uh, that's not the case with this year's Houston Texans. Uh, David Johnson, welcome back. And, um, <laughs> I mean, was he really gone? I mean, did we notice a difference with him there? No, no, we didn't. No, we didn't. It, it. Uh, Duke Johnson, more of the same. Didn't see a whole lot out of him. And, and, and again, you, we knew going into Sunday's game that for a team that already didn't have any uh, uh, running game that you were going to have to put that much more pressure on the pass game without Will Fuller. A couple things that I noticed from this game. One, and I meant to tweet this out, but I just you know got caught up in the game and, and what have you. 
is when you see what Kiki Kuti has done over the last few weeks. Yes. All right. Kiki Kuti is a bona fide wide receiver in the National Football League. Oh, without a doubt. Okay. I mean, just we said it at, uh, the week before when as soon as he got that touchdown pass, the confidence was going to rise. Skyrocket. He was healthy, and he makes things happen. I mean, it's unfortunate that he couldn't be out there along with Will Fuller. You know, because he was on the and rise. And really see what the two of them could do together. Absolutely. I mean, we saw we saw snippets of it. Exactly. But we never got to see it in earnest. Right. For all, for all intents and purposes. But let me ask you this, because, and I think I know the answer to this, but, I, but as I'd like to defer to you on this, the Will Fuller we've seen in the last, excuse me, the, the, the Kiki Kuti that we've seen over the last three weeks is a far cry from the Kiki Kuti we saw in those first year or two with Bill O'Brien. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we, we've spoke on this in, in depth about the Bill O'Brien doghouse. And he put, he's put people in that doghouse that everywhere else has gotten an opportunity yeah. have, have performed. And you don't understand why, you know, you can, I can, you can be, I can be upset with you, but if you're a player, we're going to work through it and get your ass on the field. I'm not going to put you in a, oh, I'm going to put you in a dog. I'll let this slap dick play. It's, it, it's, it, it was just dumb. And it goes to show the way of the culture of the team, because at one point it was pretty talented. Yeah. No, it absolutely was. Offensively and defensively. Yeah. And even though you've gone, you went pretty far in a few playoff years. You know, second second game, right? You won, a, you won a couple playoff games. You won a couple playoff games. Your team was still better than that. Yeah, and that that culture that you created kept them from shining. I mean, okay, granted it was it was the Chiefs, but a twenty seven point lead, twenty four, twenty whatever, not twenty anybody, something. Not, not anybody's keeping track of that in a quarter. You know, yeah, you were up. To, you you were up twenty four to nothing. I mean, the Chiefs didn't have a bigger deficit at any time during the playoffs, and that was the big thing about the Chiefs last year when right. they made that Super Bowl run was they were behind in every game. But I mean, let's call it what it is. The Texans came out and punched them in the mouth, and you know, the Texans the Chiefs had a few errors as well. Yep. But at the same time, you know, busted coverage. Kenny Stills goes deep. All right, you make some plays, make and some then plays you make on that it. fake punt, and then everything goes downhill from there. Yeah, just. And it, it, that goes back to play calling. That goes back to decision making. Exactly. And that the whole time, I mean, you got to lead. You just keep punching it. Now you start grinding. Now you start grinding. But you, you, it was like a, a, a boxing match. You hit him in the mouth. You hit him in the box. Got a little wobbly. Hit him in the mouth. Then you got cute. And somebody hit you back. Somebody hit you back. You gave yeah. you gave him that because and and of course you know the thing that we'll always go back and forth with with that Texans Texans Chiefs game last year is you know you're inside Chiefs territory. You got a fourth and one. You decide to kick a field goal, right? But yet when you're inside your own territory, well, let's go ahead and go. Let's get cute and try to go for it. Yeah, and have Justin point. Reed. Uh, uh, you know, even though you can tell the Chiefs are keyed up on this guy. Oh. Right at all over him. No, exactly. I mean, he's he's lined up on him. I mean, Dan Sorensen literally lined up in fr- was opposite. I mean, from me to you, where me and you were sitting right now across from this table, that's where Justin Reed was on top of uh, 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 Dan Sorensen. Absolutely. And the floodgates were open at that point. And that was it. Kiki Kuti, as far 
even though the Texans lost last Sunday, Kiki Kuti gets my game ball because you needed somebody to step up. Especially after the week, the way the week started. With the way the week started and with the embarrassment of Will Fuller, all right, and you knew going into and, and you knew going into that game, you know, and you know, you and I talked about it uh, ad nauseum. You had a offense that's already ninety three percent pass. Okay, yes. so I mean, there's no Matt Eberflus, who everybody you know loves to talk about as far as defensive coordinator wise. There's no. Buddy Ryan knows what's going. Buddy Ryan's dead and knows what the fuck the Texans are going to do. Okay, right. I mean, it, yes, it, it, yes. There's, there's no, there's no guess to what the Texans are going to do this year offensively because they have no run game. So it starts and ends with number four. Homeboy still throws for 364 yards with his number one receiver out. Exactly. Okay, and then you get and and, and again, Texans love the, their white boy receivers. Okay, right. our boy Chad Hansen comes out of nowhere. Hey, we needed him. Has himself a ball game, right? right. Texans' first time this year with two receivers over 100 yards. Uh, you know, raise your hand if you said it was going to be Chad Hansen and Kiki Kuti. No kidding. That what happened to the other two guys? Yeah, that, exactly. That, yeah. I mean, you know, you had Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, and Randall Cobb to start the year, but yet it's Chad Hansen and Kiki Kuti in week 13 that are your first pair to go for, uh, go for over 100 yards. And to me, that says a lot about Deshaun. And I, I tell you what, I, you got to give Tim Kelly some credit, too. Yeah. All right. You got to give Tim Kelly some credit. And I know we've been hard on him throughout the course of this year, but I will say this about Tim Kelly. You can say, well, he's got Deshaun Watson. Hey, Bill O'Brien had Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Okay. Bill O'Brien had Deshaun Watson, hasn't done, been able to do near, uh, and, and we haven't seen near what the, the capacity that we've seen out of Deshaun Watson under BOB, who was, a, you know, a quarterback guru, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, don't know where that came from prior to uh, him coming to Texans. I think it was his own. He was speaking it himself. Well, he's got a good hype, man. I'll give him that. That's yeah. for damn sure. What does this say to you about Tim Keller? I don't know that he comes back next year. All right, that's going to be a million dollar question. It's going to be interesting to see if if you're. We, we already know that uh, you know Cal McNair talked about it the other day, and, and we'll talk about the exploratory committee that he's put together as far as trying to find a head coach and, and a uh, GM. How much credit do you give Tim Kelly for the success that Deshaun's having this year? Oh, I give him a lot. I mean, because. He's got no no running game. He's he, zip zero. You give away his his favorite receiver, his top NFL top receiver. You give him away, and to work it out to where he still can find guys, make plays. I mean, you're not winning games, but 364 yards in the losing effort with, against a top team with the guy with, with the guys you got. Yeah. I mean, if you had told me before this, before the game started, he was going to throw for three sixty four with the receivers he had. Oh, you'd put any kind of money on it. Nope. He said you are tripping like Scottie Pippen, and yeah. he goes out and has himself a ball game. What does this mean though for next year when this team, to, you know, and, and you've seen situations before where a new coach comes in and maybe the GM or maybe the ownership mandates that okay, yeah, you're going to come in, but you're going to have this guy as your OC, or you, maybe you're going to have this guy as your DC, or you know, there's always it seems like it, you know in some cases, you know, it, it's not. Let's put it this way, it's not unique to see coaching holdovers, right? Uh, Maybe it's more of a college thing than it is an NFL thing. In the NFL, it's more position-wise. You don't see okay. so many coordinator holdovers. Because if, if I'm the head coach, I want my guys. Because I'm ride or dying that, with these dudes. Yeah, this is what we're, we've talked about. We're all going to be on the same page. But on, the same, on a different level, he is writing a nice LinkedIn uh, page right there was what he's doing with Deshaun and the Texans. Oh, his recommendations are going through the roof right <laughs> oh, now. Oh, just skyrocketing, <laughs> baby. The, 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 the Tim Kelly resume 
looks better and better each week. Oh, absolutely. Be- I mean, from the from when he actually got the job to what he's done this year. Yeah. He it won't be long. He'll, he'll have another coordinated job. Well, and the thing about Tim Kelly that's been so impressive is, and, and really it says more, well, it says two things, right? One, maybe this dude can coach a little offense, yeah. more so than we gave him credit for. And two, I think it says a lot about, and again, not that this is any profound analysis that I'm giving folks here that people haven't already talked about already, but it just continues to show what a crappy CEO Bill O'Brien was. <laughs> Because really, what coaches did he make better? I mean, at the end of the day, what has I mean, what does it say about you as a sta- as a, as if if you're a okay, you're a defensive line guy, all right? Okay. If you're the if you're my DC or my D line coach, and I fire you, and my D line gets better after you leave, yeah. I mean, what does that say? Says I was a suck ass coach, right? I mean, it tells me that you weren't worth a damn. That's exactly right. And so, it, to me. If I'm a head, if I'm a GM or an owner or any whatever uh, executive in, in in football, I don't see a situation where Bill O'Brien can come back to the NFL anytime soon. I think Bill O'Brien almost has to go to college to rebuild his reputation. Because think about it this way: you already know he was a shit personnel guy. Shit person. Okay, we know that. Yeah. All right, we know he because you. I mean, we we look at what he did from from a personnel standpoint when he was the GM, and he's a laughing stock. Okay, I mean the fact that you gave Whitney Merciless thirty forty a thirty forty million dollar extension, and you watch what he does out on the field. Uh, I was joking around with Larry and Stafford on Twitter the other day when he said he's waiting for fifty nine uh, to get his PED uh, bust. I said, listen, if there's one dude we know who isn't on PEDs, it's number fifty nine. Definitely okay? fifty nine. Uh, l- listen, I-, I wish he'd have gone and seen uh, whatever whatever our boy Will and Bradley were doing. <laughs> Hey, get a better masking agent and hand some of those over to 59 if you could, please. I think uh, 59's PEDs is a uh, practice effort, dude. <laughs> he probably does good in practice, and that's it. Well, and you know the thing about a guy like Whitney Merciless? He's a really nice guy. I've heard that. Listen, he is a salt-of-the-earth human being. Yeah. And he's one of those guys where that's the kind – see, that's the problem. And it's nothing against Whitney Merciless. But, see, that's what Bill O'Brien was about. Let me give money to guys who are good dudes. Maybe not great football players, but are good dudes. This is a bottom-line business, my man. I don't give a fuck if you're Mother Teresa off the field. You better be freaking Mother – you better be Gandhi on the field and, 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 you know, swooping up everything because that's the problem is you gave money to dudes that had no – you gave $27 million to a 30-year-old Randall Cobb. Name me one receiver that you know of, Henry Thomas, that got better after he turned 30. I'll hang up and listen. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't happen. Maybe you give him a one-year deal. Yeah. Okay? We'll take that all day, every day. All right, I'll give you a one-year $8 million deal, Randall Cobb. Let's see what happens. And see what happens. And guess what? He's about worth, right, the way he's played this year, he's probably worth about a one-year league minimum is what he's giving you. That's exactly what he's (laughs) giving you. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you've gotten. I will say this about Brandon Cooks. That's probably the best trade they've made. Because Brandon Cooks, he had a rough start to the season, but once he got into a groove – Okay, for the most part, he's been pretty healthy this year, and he's given and he's had some big games this year, all right? right? And he made a, a key catch uh, on Sunday as well. 
to get them into uh, to get them in, in into the red zone uh, this past Sunday, made some big catches down the stretch. So you know, Brandon Cooks, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll take that. I mean, I think you end up swapping second round picks. I think is what it was all said and done right. uh, for Brandon Cooks. So you know, that's the one. But I mean, I mean, come on. At the same time, though, you could argue too, fourth team in five years. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that tells you that tells you all you need to know right there. Tells you everything you need to know right there. All right, because teams are looking at him like, okay, you're good, but I mean, you know what he is? He's a better version of Kenny Stills. Who doesn't do anything. Who, at last I checked, still hasn't signed with the team. Yeah, exactly. Okay? In a league that is dearth of, of, of speed threats, he still hasn't gotten picked up yet. And, again, I might be wrong about that. I'll look, up, I'll look that up here yeah. in a second. We may be wrong, but. We, we could be wrong, but we're probably not. Um, we've been wrong may before. Be wrong, we've been wrong, but be right. <laughs> what song is that? You may be wrong, but you may be right. Oh, that's our boy uh, Billy Joel. Isn't there you it? go. <laughs> you may it? be right. I may <laughs> be crazy. Um, no, it, it's um, – so my, I guess my thing would be this. If you're – let's say you're Eric Bieniemy. Now, are you going to raid that Kansas City? Because, I mean, it, we've all heard from everybody. I mean, hell, Justin Reed's talked about it. Um, I think Deshaun's already made it clear. He'd love to see Eric Bieniemy on the staff uh, as the next head coach. We talked about this – it, with the believe in uh, with our boy Joey with the believe in Bears podcast. Let me ask you this: I want you to put on your devil's advocate hat. Okay. All right. The last two hires from the Kansas City Chiefs coaching tree to become head coaches, and these were the guys that everybody was like, "Oh, see if these guys were head coaches or got head coaching jobs, and why can't our boy Eric Bieniemy? Because he's black." Da 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 da. All right. I'll say that. I'll stand on that one. I think uh, here. Here's why. Initially, I'm gonna say yes to that, but I'm also gonna say I'm gonna throw this caveat uh, caveat in as a devil's advocate as well. Both those guys spent two and three years, respectively, under the Chiefs uh, as OC or quarterbacks coach before they got the job. The enemy okay. is in year three. Okay. Okay. So he falls in line with the Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy formula. Okay. From the Kansas City Chiefs, so it may not be as racially motivated as we think. May it, not be. It may not be. Okay, because again, listen. If he it was in your, Ameri- this is America. This is America. This I'm not, America. And, and we know the NFL. <laughs> we we know the NFL is an old boys network anyway, so we know how that works. I mean, hell, if Mike McCarthy can still get head coaching jobs, what's that tell you? Woo. Um, I do have to give. I, I do have to do a slight mea culpa as well. Uh oh. I got to give it up to Joe Judge, Giants head coach. I got to give it up to Joe Judge, man. I'm going to tell you right now, I lambasted that hiring because I'm thinking, how does a wide receivers coach from the New England Patriots, where they were the worst group on that football team last year, get a head coaching job? I'm going to tell you right now. Are they tied for first in the division? They are tied for first in the division right now. With the Washington? And I want to say they've won four or five in a row. Now again, let's not call it what I mean. Let's call it what it is. I mean, the NFC it's, East is 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 trash. NFC least. The NFC least is not a good football division. Right, right. But, and you know this. That those teams. The thing I'll say. And and by the way, uh, and we talk about this on the HD show with our boy Bitter Mike. Yeah. Okay. I'm just gonna say you and Mike are both full of shit because you guys were, have been you guys have been campaigning, <laughs> campaigning. To get my boy Ron Rivera fired, uh. okay. You two have been campaign openly, ca- like like Ron owed you money or something. That's two wins. Okay. I mean, Brian, that's two wins. I'm not going for it. Ron has tried. Ron, all Ron's done. He caught him with their pants down. They, okay. they overlooked. All them. Ron's done is put in Alex Smith 
And these guys are now uh, fighting for a playoff spot in the. Uh, granted, again, it's the NFC East is a, is a shit division. Yeah, you got to win six games. You got to you won the division. But hey, and, and I know you can respect the fact that guess what? Neither the Giants nor the Washington Football Team has quit. That's true. Both yeah. those teams have played their ass off the last every few week. weeks. Yeah, every week they're <laughs> out there balling. Teams, those are not easy. Those are not L's anymore. No. Or let's put it this way: those are not easy W's for the opposing team anymore. <laughs> exactly right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yes. You got to you 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 have to you got you got to button that chin strap uh, when you face those two teams. But let me ask you: okay, so bringing it back to our boy Eric Bieniemy, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy are both on the hot seat. Yes. Okay. Like they both came out like like. Guns the Navarone when they got uh, at their respective jobs. I mean, right. hell, our boy uh, Doug's got a Super Bowl under his under his belt. Exactly. He loses Frank Wright, and it's been curtains ever since. Hell, Kurt Carson Wentz gets benched. Where, where's Frank Wright now? He's the Colts head coach. And what are they doing? Nine and three with an old baby maker. Yeah, I mean, and think about it. He had to adjust on the fly. Absolutely. With no Andrew Luck, who who decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and call it a career yeah, at been, 27, 28 years old. How much of that's guaranteed? I'm <laughs> yeah. good, I'm I, good. I made all, how much, $100 million already? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and call it a day. Yeah, I'm going to go to this little farmhouse out here. Don't mess with I'm me. I'm going back to Katie. See you later. Um, you got Doug, who's on the hot seat. We just talked to our boy Joey from the Believe in Bears podcast. Matt Nagy is – I mean, Matt Nagy's on has an overall winning record with the Chicago Bears, yeah. right? This is a guy that was, what, two, three years ago was the coach of the year and was 12-4, and four, all right, with the Chicago Bears. They've now lost six straight. Eagles can't get out of their own way. Right. Offenses look disheveled ever since Frank Reich left. Carson Wentz is a shell of himself. So, you, those are, again, those are two guys that are very firmly on the hot seat. Yes. And they're – like you said, what they've had their – Perspective uh, head coaching job three years. Uh, I want to say Peterson's been there. I think this is year five for him. Okay, and this is year four for Matt Nagy. Yeah. Okay. That shine goes away fast, don't it? It sure does. So let me ask you this: Does it take any of the luster away for you for Eric Bieniemy? Uh, no, because. I had to think about it a little bit, though. That was that, that wasn't a quick fire. Yes, I had no. to. I had to think for myself because. I'm not a guy that's going to go by those other two because they didn't have that much for me starting off anyways. Right. This guy has been through the fire, and the biggest thing for me is he was a player. I have a little bit. Well, I mean, Doug Peterson was. I mean, both Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy were. Oh, yeah, let me see. What team did they play? What did they do? They were Um, quarterbacks. They were quarterbacks. Eric was a running back. I, I but I know Eric's name. I've seen him play. I've, he's been yeah. on the field. I mean, yeah. No, Doug's, Doug's claim to fame was he was a backup to uh, Brett Favre for all those years. And then the other guy's claim to fame was? I think he was a backup quarterback for a hot for a while as well. Okay, so I'm talking about the guys that's been in the fire. The enemy's been in the fire. He's yeah. been out there playing the game. He knows the adjustments. He's been there. That guy on the bench that's a backup, especially backup to Favre, Slide, man. <laughs> I don't want to go out there. What is wrong with you? Well, him? if you were Brett's backup, you knew you. Yeah. it didn't matter. You knew Brett going. Sit back here and be like, oh, no, I got it right here on the clipboard. I'm holding that board for you. Hey, you need that picture? Here you go. Look, see that? You should have threw it right there. 
Yeah, because that was back in the day before surfaces. Surface oh, yeah. pros. Yeah, we just had that little sheet, that little <laughs> the clip by clip picture. He'd be like, see where he was standing. What, what what were those back in the day that you guys looked at? Just black and white pictures of like like the really quick shots of front. First, they'll show you a shot of the lineup. Then okay. you get a shot of the first movement, and then how good were the pictures? Pictures were decent. They okay. were they were they were pretty good pictures, but were they color by the time you got out of the league, or were they still black and white? Oh, they were still they, <laughs> they were on the wax paper. They were on, they were still on that paper from uh, like looking like a receipt. No, you know the the fax machine paper, the old ones. It was like <laughs> came out on that. You 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 know your hand was you wet. You did too like much. That. Hey, man. <laughs> I think it, give me another picture. I think he was right here. You, you can smudge the picture in the heartbeat, you know. Oh, that's classic. That is classic. It definitely was classic. So that doesn't. So so you're not because I guess my thing is this: the 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 thing about Bienemy is especially if you're going to look at the last three years of his tenure with the Chiefs. All right, and 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 the big and the the question mark is this: I don't question him. I know he calls plays. All right. Okay. I know that, all right? And I know I've gone back and forth with people on Twitter. But you know Twitter. he doesn't call all the plays. No, he does not. That's exactly <laughs> right. We, listen, we know that, all right? Because uh, we know, I mean, Pat Mahomes showed us in the in the Super Bowl. He calls a He calls. <laughs> I was going to hey, say. Hey, we got time. Can y'all hold that man <laughs> off? Because I want to run this, coach. <laughs> exactly. Y'all hold him off. Just give me time. <laughs> That's it. You know, because when he said it, I was like, do you have time? It's three minutes left and five minutes left in the game. And he was talking about, I got time for y'all to keep him off my ass. <laughs> exactly. I got time to make this throw. <laughs> right. Um, so, no, we know he doesn't call all the plays. And we know with Andy. And we know Andy Reid, which I saw one of the most idiotic. And I meant to tweet this back, and, and I didn't because. It was just that ass. We know me and I'm in my uh, squirrel brain. The question was posed if – oh, it was Adam Teicher. It was Adam Teicher. It wasn't a tweet. It was an article he wrote uh, for the Chiefs or for the uh, power rankings. And it says player to watch over the last four weeks, and for them it was Andy Reid. And it said – Player to watch? Yeah, or person to watch oh. for the last four weeks, okay? And it said Andy Reid for the Chiefs because it said Andy Reid, even though he's got a Super Bowl and as many wins as he does, he's not a lock for the Hall of Fame. Is that is I mean am I tripping or it's redundant? That's just how is Andy Reid not a lock for the Hall of Fame at this point? There's no way he's not. That, that's what I mean. He's got you know almost 200 wins, 150, 175. I mean, by the time he's done, he's going to have close to 200 wins. Well, this guy's just starting out as a writer. No, Adam Teicher's been around for a minute. Well, he's tired. Yeah, that's I mean I just I don't understand how you're going to tell me that that Andy Andy Reid who I mean we forget. Was a uh, you know Donovan McNabb uh, puking all over himself, right? Away from winning a Super Bowl against the Patriots. I mean, people forget how cold he. I get that that things didn't end well for him in Philadelphia, yeah. Because then we all know. I mean, fourteen years in one place is a long time. But he took that team to five straight NFC championships for crying out loud. Absolutely, Andy Reid knows offense. That's right. And the thing about Pat Mahomes was he finally found that guy. That could do everything he wanted that his playbook calls for. And then some. And and and, and, yeah. and then some. That's absolutely true. But do you worry with Eric Bieniemy that not so much just just what he's gonna be like as a head coach, because again, like you said, that 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 shine wears off pretty quick. Well, here's the thing for me. Um has a coach, has a relator to the players. And to bring a team together, 
I have the utmost confidence in Eric Bieniemy. Oh, that's he he's Andy Reid in that sense. Okay. Now, what a head coach has to deal with outside of that, I'm up in the air. I mean, that's for us to find out. Because it's a lot that they have to deal with. Yes. Outside of that, relating to a team, getting a team ready to play is one thing. But there's so much more that goes into being a head coach. You know, like agreeing on the security, agreeing on the times for this, okay. uh, the curfews. I mean, there's a lot that go into it. And to be a head coach, I I forced everything on the field. I I have the utmost confidence. But the rest of it, I'm like you. I want to I want to see what happens. I, I'm saying yes to it because of the field stuff. But it's a whole new pressure. No, it absolutely is. Uh, it absolutely is. And by the way, I'm, I'm trying to find uh, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy played for the University of Delaware from 1997 to 2000. Delaware. That's correct. Uh, and his professional career, he played with the New York Dragons, the Carolina Cobras, the Georgia Force, the Columbus Destroyers, and then he was on the Eagles practice squad in 2009. So he was a Arena League player. He's an Arena League quarterback. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, at least our boy Doug Peterson actually played in the National Football I, League. When you were naming those things, I thought that I was like, is that the old Negro Football <laughs> League or something? The Dragons, who's that? I mean, that I'm not up on arena football. I never was, so I'm, you know, but good gracious. Yes, he was. A, he had a prolific uh, career from that standpoint. Do they now, have a Hall of Fame? See, I think the league folded, so they never really had a chance. Uh, as for Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson finished his career. He played 10 years in the NFL, okay, well, let's put it this way. He was on a team for 10 years. Okay. Um, his career stats are as follows. He was 3-14 and 14 as a starter, threw for 2,762 yards. Oh, he actually was on the field then. Uh, he was on the field in 1999 for the Eagles, all right, which is probably where he met uh, our boy Andy. He was 2-7 and seven that year, threw for 1,276 yards, and then the next year he played in Cleveland – and was one in seven as a starter there, uh, and threw for one thousand forty-seven yards. Hey, I'll say this: he's learned from his mistakes. You know how he knows how not to win a game. He certainly knows how not to win a game. You got that right. Uh, so our boy Doug Peterson, who uh, again ten years in the league, like I said, predominantly as a backup in the NFL, um, but again he is firmly on the hot seat. And of course, the Eagles already named uh, Doug or Doug. They named uh, Carson. Jesus Christ. Stop. Named uh, Jalen Hurts, the starting Third quarterback, quarterback for yes. Sunday. They need to spark. And can you remember the last time when you saw a quarterback implode career-wise the way we've seen Carson Wentz? This guy was an MVP candidate three years ago before he blew out his knee against the Rams. And it seems like ever since then, this dude just can't get right. Um, I'm trying to think. I know there's some out there. Um, who am I thinking of? Uh Ryan Leaf, but um, but he—I mean—but thing was, he never even really he never had. Got, that, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, 
I, you know, it's hard. I, I know, like you said, they need a spark, and Jalen's going to have to be that spark because, to be quite honest, he's going to be running for his life. Yeah. Uh, from what I've seen, um, Wentz is a pocket guy, needs that time to survey. Uh, and he used to be mobile, but I, you just wonder if maybe because of all the, the, the you know because of the knee injuries and what it's happened. Well, to this him. is his first full season. I mean, I think well, he's Wentz, gotten hurt. No, I mean he played last year. Did he play the whole year? You want to? You might want to juggle it. Oh, I'm man, pretty. Now I'm, you got me thinking. I'm pretty sure he. Uh, he hasn't made it through a, a entire season without getting an injury or nicked up, I should say. Let's see. Last year. Last year for the Eagles. Last year for the Eagles, he he played all sixteen games last year. Oh, I mean the the thing Did he about get hurt in the playoffs. No, they didn't make the playoffs. Oh, oh no, they, did they make the playoffs last year? I'm asking you. You That's wonder what the computer. That's a great question. Uh, no, he but he did play all 16 games last year. Hell, he threw for over 4,000 yards last year. Granted, it was 4,039, and he did that with a bunch of – no, they did make the playoffs last year, as a matter of fact. Okay. Uh, yeah, they did. Because, as a matter of fact, last year was his first year in the playoffs. Because, remember – He got um, hurt the other two times, right? But, no, you're right. He got hurt in the playoff game is okay. what happened. That's what it was. He got hurt in the playoffs. Yeah, okay. That's, what, That's what it was. So, no, he did play, and then, of course, he makes his first career playoff start and gets hurt. So, go figure for our boy. Uh, got a little Cowboys and uh, Ravens on. Didn't I picked the Ravens, I think, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. Let me see. Ravens got to win. Oh, they need a win. Ravens need a win, uh, but, 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 but badly. That's, that's for sure. But, no, it just it – just, Ooh. Did you pick the Cowboys? I picked the Cowboys. Ooh. Come on, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> What's the spread? Uh, the spread is uh, it's a pick em. Oh, so you just picked them out right. Yeah. Ooh. Not really sure what you were thinking last week. I'm trying to get ahead. I'm good. I'm good. And how'd this, that work for you? This week, whatever y'all pick, I'm going the other way. <laughs> yeah, you better this week because you're in trouble. But you kind of did that last week, and look how that played out. So you may No, wanna... but I was that was calculated then. If I feel like you've done that last two weeks. How's that uh, work? Last week was not great. I mean, I, I was right on the verge with a lot of stuff. And... Four weeks. We got four weeks left for your Houston Texans. Okay, we got four weeks left. Um, you've got you've got the Bears this week, okay? Uh, then you've got the Colts, the Bengals, and the Titans again. And my question is this, and you and I talked, like I said, we were on the Believe with Bears guy, Joey, Joey C. Are you at all worried that because of the way the team lost, you know, and they're and they were, you know, they're playing with piss and vinegar and what have you? Are you are you worried that maybe you might have a letdown this week because? When you win two or three in a row, you knew there was still an outside shot. I mean, you win last week, yeah. you're, 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 five and, you're five and seven, right. okay? And you're still within a puncher's chance of that playoff, of that final playoff spot, right, if you keep winning. And, you know, that's another division win for you. Now, granted, you, well, of course, and then, of course, you didn't know because you didn't know the Titans were going to get beat, had the brakes beaten off them the way they did this past week. And then, you know, you're one game closer to the Colts. Now that that's done, now that there's no way you're coming back, all right? So, yeah, you can still, I mean, you can still go eight and eight. I don't think eight and eight's going to get you into the playoffs, though. It won't get you in the playoffs, but it'd be a shot, though. It's a shot. I mean, it give you, like I said, it might get you in the dance, but again, probably but, not. It's so like I said, they they had a very good, good, very good chance against uh, Indianapolis, and they'll have it again because um, 
hopefully uh, the Bears are terrible. The Bears yeah. are the the Bears are in the exact same boat, but like, we, like without the fire. Without the fire. Yeah. But, that, but I guess that's my question, is how much fire do you think the Texans are going to have following this loss uh, Sunday? Um, because from what I've seen and what I've ascertained from watching uh, Deshaun? Deshaun Watson, they're going to have some fire. because As long as he's your quarterback, right? He took that on himself. You saw it on the field. He felt he – Oh, he was devastated. And he knew it, that was a mistake that he had made. Even though yeah. it wasn't great, that's something that he's overcome. I mean, yeah. he's going to overcome a foot in the mouth, yeah. you know, and that kind of and, thing. And throwing a touchdown pass. And throwing a touchdown pass. And he knew it was a little thing that he that he let get away from him. Yeah. And he's going to keep him on fire because he, he wants to win no matter what. And you know what? And when you say that between him on offense and J.J. on defense, because say what you want about J.J. Watt, all right? J.J. has not – yeah, the numbers aren't what they used to be. And, yeah, he's lost a step from his heyday from right. three or four years ago. But the thing you can say about 99, that dude still brings it each and every play. Yeah. Made a few nice plays. Made a few. Absolutely did. And, and you know, we talked about this. Terrell Adams, all right, continues to continues Impressed. to show out. Yes. All right. And, again, now, uh, outside of that, I mean, hell, Vernon Hargraves made a play or two uh, this past week, which is saying something, considering he's he's uh, public enemy number one half the time when he's getting blown out. So, <laughs> uh, no, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how this team plays. I'm with you, though. Uh, I do think, and hell, they're a two-point favorite going yes. into Sunday's ball game. So that tells you all you need to know about what Vegas thinks of them. And kind of, I guess when it comes down to it, I, I'm with you. I think neither of these teams really have anything to play for other than pride. Yes. All right, we know how pride is. Pride and money. Pride and money. You, you got that right. Uh, but I, but like you said, the difference between the Bears and the the Texans, Texans is number four. Number four. Is number four. And uh, our boy Joey brought up a good point. If you're – and I don't think there's anything to this anymore, especially now that you're in, you know going into year five of your National Football League career. But it's not – I don't – because he asked us if, if we thought that Deshaun was going to try to uh, show out for the Bears and show them what they missed. I mean – I think they already know that. I think they know, right? The world knows. Everybody, everybody, everybody no. knows. I don't. I don't think there's anything. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, North Kakalaki, and you just start your senior year. Your senior year. Come on, man. And you weren't even that great then. And if if he was a diamond in the rough, you could have gotten him in the third round. He'd have been there. Nobody else would have picked him. You could have. I, I like I said. I, I was still mystified as to why what what all the the, the hubbub was about him. Uh, Lamar Jackson, tell you what, uh, this team – and he's had a rough year. There's no oh, question about it. Without a doubt. Uh, Lamar's had a rough year in 2020. Um, you, listen, the guy – we know the guy can run the ball. All right? yes. We know he can run the ball. The knock on him is make him beat you throwing the ball. And I, I still think he's just, he's just not accurate enough. And that's the one thing where people want to compare him to Deshaun Watson. Listen, Deshaun can throw the football. Deshaun, Deshaun's a runner – excuse me. Lamar's a, a runner first. Exactly. Okay. Lamar is every bit a running quarterback. Deshaun's a quarterback who runs. Yes. Exactly. But the difference is, is that he's more Deshaun Watson is a is is, is Steve Young. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, Deshaun that. is Steve Young, and, and, and I don't think we've seen a quarterback to, that can do what he can do since we've seen a Steve Young. Yeah, absolutely. Who, well, by the way, is in the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Fame guy, but. uh Deshaun is the key for for the Texans, and if they keep, continue to keep him happy, and uh, 
I mean, he he has a fire that every time he touches the field, he wants to win, and you can see it. Yeah, no, you absolutely can. Addendum, a little addition to the uh, Believe in Texas podcast. Uh, we recorded this earlier in the week. Had some, uh, I don't want to call it breaking news, Henry Thomas, but uh, we had some news drop this week. And, of course, we reported this on the uh, Believe in Texas podcast when the news hit on Tuesday about the Texans Exploratory Committee that included uh, our boy Rod Graves from the Fritz Alliance, Fritz Pollard Alliance. We had uh, Jimmy Johnson, who we forgot to include uh, in that group, uh, Tony Dungy, Andre Johnson, and Rodney Buford, CEO, GM of the San Antonio Spurs. And, of course, the way it was phrased, Henry, or the way it was sold, this committee, is that they were going to help choose um, – a, a GM and head coach for the Houston Texans. Now, I never got that feeling, at least that's the way it's been reported uh, in the media here in the last few days, that they were going to help choose a GM head coach. I never once got that feeling from it. A committee is what it is. It gives you ideas. That's what we were looking at it from, from that whole standpoint, was that they were that these were all accomplished people in their field, okay, and of course, right. Hall of Famers in, in a lot of respects, championship uh, executives and Rodney Buford and they were going to provide input to Cal McNair which is what I thought it was from the jump that's what it sounded like that's what it sounded like okay right. so Tony Dungy does an interview with Dan Patrick the other day saying that again he's not there to make a decision he's simply there to help with the process which exactly dovetails with what you and I were saying and that it wasn't a committee per se and that it was just something that Cal McNair had reached out to him and said give me your formula for choosing one Right, which there's no formula. That's well. I mean, it's. It, it, I mean, that's kind of boilerplate speak. But I mean, it's yeah, it's his but, way of saying, you know, Tony, if you're in this position, what are you looking for? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is your what what do you, you know? What do you want to see? What, what what questions are you asking? Anything in, in particular? I mean, I'm, I'm again, I'm, I'm I'm just speculating here on what Cal McNair said, is, is suggesting. But I, I I mean, I'm guessing that's kind of the the process that he's looking at, or kind of along the lines of what he he wants. Which, to me, and I know some people have mocked him for it, I have no problem with. Because as, and we're going to get into the Jack Easterby thing here in a second. Uh, Clearly, Cal McNair needs a little guidance and some help in in, in getting this pick, in in picking the right person. Hey, we all need some kind of guidance and help in everything in life. Um, Not that we always get it. Or reach out for it, uh, the fact that he Or is. have the resources to do so. Exactly. So he's doing that, and uh, I'm, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm cool with him doing that, trying to make the right decisions. God knows, since he's been in charge, decision-making has been... It's been a clusterfuck. Exactly. Okay? It, it's been a clusterfuck. And, and I give Cal McNair the utmost respect... Because, again, six weeks ago, you and I were holding this guy's feet to the fire and almost embarrassed for the way this guy has handled things. To his credit, with the way this team has handled things, with the way this thing has gone down, getting rid of Bill O'Brien, uh, he's obviously got this Jack Easterby situation on his hands now that he's going to have to take care of, which I think is not – I mean, I think it's going to be much ado about nothing when it's all said and done. But clearly, there are some issues in the Texans' front office. And as the story pointed out, and, and we'll get to it in just a second, you know, you've basically been a rudderless ship for about two, three years. And you talked about it earlier in one of our episodes where when you've got a guy in Bob McNair who was the alpha dog 
Right. All right. I mean, you don't become a billionaire with a B by accident. And when you are one of those people, okay, you got a, a certain cachet about you. Right. That's a little bit different than most. So if you're the he's, – he's that guy. He has been, Bob McNair. He's been leading the charge. He gets sick. And for basically 18 months, two years, he's – yeah. He goes from being the top dog to okay. Now it's 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 leadership by proxy. Exactly, and that's a bit, and, that, and that's a and, and and that affects a lot. And you can see why certain guys made the moves they made. Bill O'Brien probably taking more control than he needed to, but saw a weakness in the leadership uh, organization. Said, you know what, I'll I'll step in and fill that void. We saw how that turned out. Cal McNair is now trying to clean that mess up, and by reaching out to the Tony Dungies of the world, the Jimmy Johnsons, Andre Johnsons, whoever. He knows he's got to get this thing right if he's going to turn this ship around, especially when you've got a franchise quarterback and a Deshaun Watson, a special quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who you need to build around him the right way if you are going to compete for a Super Bowl. Right, and um, getting a committee together to help you with that, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. But, you know, what, what, what are you looking for, Cal? Why do you need these guys to tell you what to ask? What are you looking for? What do you want your team to be? How do you want your team to be presented? What kind of organization are you going to run? I mean, yeah. you're reaching out like, what questions do I ask? That reminds me of, like you're dating that girl that had a few boyfriends, and she says, you know, she's got all these questions. Where do you see yourself in five years? Bitch, I'm talking about five minutes. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm talking about the next hour. Can we get to that first? And I'm not but, – but, but, but doesn't it make sense, though, in some ways? And, again, maybe he's just culling information just to, to compile it, and then he's going to take the – again, as they say in AA meetings, take what you want and leave the rest there. Maybe that's what he's doing. Well, that's what I'm hoping he's doing. Because, um, hey, because think about it this way. Who are you going to within your own organization? No one. Thank you. Not one single Thank swinging. You. Nobody. Anything, yeah. I mean, and, and again, it's not like the Texans have this robust history that you can go back to former GMs. You can go back to former coaches. You might be able to go back to, you know, if Coop, put it like this, if Coops wasn't coaching, then maybe you go, you know, maybe he's part of that committee. Maybe yeah, that he's somebody good. you reach out to, right? All right, because he knows the the, intima- uh, the organization intimately. You're probably not going to go to Rick Smith because the, the you know the wounds are still too fresh. Oh, all right, Rick could jump on in a heartbeat. Oh, well, absolutely, he would in a heartbeat. And, I mean, yeah. he'd be, I mean, I tell you what, in some ways, you'd be foolish not to reach out to him. Maybe. Well, well and you know, it's a it's a difficult situation for Cal because I mean, Cal earned his money the real old fashioned way he inherited. I said. You know? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> He let somebody else do the dirty work, and now nah, oh, I got all his loot. He hit the uh, genetic lottery, as we yeah, like to say. Exactly. So, uh, you know, reaching out is, is a good thing. Um, you got, like we said, we got that Easter Bee thing you got to deal with. Because, oh, you got to deal with it. Because, I mean, everything's coming to the light, you know. Oh, well, there's smoke, there's fire. And we saw the oh. smoke. Every time. And you knew the situations that were there with, with, I mean, you know, when you fire your head coach four games into the season, five games into the season, whatever it was, you know you got issues. All right. When you start out the way they did and, and lose in the fashion they did and trade away the guy they did. And, again, you can say what you want about DeAndre Hopkins and, and you know, him wanting too much money. That you Listen, he was under contract. You could deal with that. You could have dealt with that. Yeah. Okay. You could have dealt with that. And maybe he doesn't get $54 million. Maybe you make you know you, you you find some something in the middle that you can do deal with, but it's like you tell him, listen, you're you're you've got the best quarterback not named Pat Mahomes throwing to you, 
Right. All right. You're in a situation where you're getting 130 targets a, a year. You're getting you're, you're you're the you're the centerpiece of our offense. Right. Okay. We'll do stuff for you. I mean, you're you're a you're a god in Houston right now. Okay. We're going to build around. We're going to continue to build around you. And put this thing together so you and Deshaun can compete for championships. Because the only thing that looks better that on your resume is when we put, you know, Super Bowl winner DeAndre Hopkins. Because we know the guy's going to go to the Hall of Fame at some point. I mean, that's a given at this. I mean, damn near, uh, you know, provided he didn't fall off a cliff. But, uh, but you know, he's on that track. We get it. So that could have, to me, I think the money thing. Not to say that he didn't want more money. But again, the dude's making sixteen million, and you know already, you, things could have been worked around to oh, make yeah. him happy. Absolutely, I could have figured it out. But um, their solution was to get rid of him because Bill O'Brien didn't like him for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, for pennies on the dollar. All right, so J- the Jack Easterby story drops this week on Sports Illustrated, and of course, uh, it's got the internet going nuts. It's got the city of Houston going nuts. Everybody talking about the Jack Easterby situation. Um, my boy Henry Thomas over here, not a big surprise to him. He's talked about this for a few weeks now, and we've brought up. And as a matter of fact, we talked about the Jack Easterby thing when this whole thing went down, because uh, we were questioning how in the hell does this guy still stick around? Well, and and you talked about it then yeah. that this dude was a snake. He was in the background saying, do this, do that, get rid of it. And then the truth comes out about him. Yeah. About his ambitionness, um, him, you know, he got a handful. Oh, great guy, religious guy. He, he's great with the team, with all the players. Don't get that feeling from the Texans. Something went awry. With yeah. the Texans. And I don't know if it was, like you said, I mean, ambition uh, it can be a great thing and it can be a horrible thing at the same time, depending upon, uh, I guess, the person that's, that, that, that's, that's uh, harboring it. When you look at what he did and you start to connect the dots, I mean, within months of him arriving here, Brian Gain, who I thought had done a pretty decent job in just a, a, year, on the, on, a year on the job. He's on his way. He gets the boot. Yep. Like within within months of, of Easterby. Then he's over there at the, the, the Patriots deal, right? And talking to that Nick Cesario guy. They have the same agent. Everybody made it sound like, okay, they're at this event, uh, spending an inordinate amount of time together. Everybody starts raising eyes. And then, of course, uh, they get the tampering charges filed. This is what I'm going to say, though, about this article. All right? And I'm not here to support or, or defend Jack Easterby. I think we all get the sense that yes, he is snaky, snakeish. Yes, he has some slither about him. Qualities, all right. However, I'm going to look at this from a journalistic standpoint as well, because you know your boys put the pen to the paper a few times in his life. Whoever the editor was on this story might want to have their credentials looked at as far as a. An editing standpoint. Okay. Because this was not, and, and, and you're, people are going to say, well, Fred, they, they reached out to Jack Easterby and, and, and he, didn't, he didn't respond. And who knows what the conversation was as to why Jack Easterby didn't respond. And they said that they gave him 87 questions or, or, or they, were, they had 83 questions sent to the Texans as to what they wanted information-wise. Right. And maybe the Texans have been a little uh, uncooperative in how they dealt with this. But I just felt like there were parts of this story that were underreported. I thought there were parts of this story that were left open. Okay, for instance, you're going to tell me that 
a player thought he was being followed because of what Jack Easterby was doing. And he had a car out there, and he took the license plate number down. Well, what happened? Did he did he do anything with it? Yeah, what happened? Did, after did, that? He, did he run the license plate? Did we find out that it wasn't Jack Easterby? Did we find out that it had nothing to do with them? Because what that story started to do, what that story smelled up to me was, we've got some dirt, we got a little bit of dirt on him, because there was no real glaring indictment in that whole story. You, I mean, that's you know what that story was? It was messy. I mean, at the end of the day, that story was messy. There was not one part in that story where you were like, oh, this dude here. It was, yeah, just like you said, it was to stir a mess. That's it. I mean, it, I mean, I mean, we might as well have read this in a gossip column. Exactly. Okay, because that's what this story, I mean, again, I'm not here to defend Jack Easterby. Jack, like you said, we, we, we are on firm planting here, you and I, that we think this dude's a, a, a grimy bastard. Right. Okay, but at the same time, too, this guy decided what? I'm a chaplain. I've been in the NFL for 10 years. I want to do more. And if I'm going to want to do more, I'm going to have to go other ways of doing I'm going to have to learn more about the game of football if I'm going to be more than just a character coach. I'm going to have to learn more about the ins and the outs and the, the, the operational side of football, the, the, the nuts and bolts of, of scouting and salary cap management. These are the things I'm going to have to learn if I want to progress in my NFL career and be more than just a character coach. When have we ever knocked guys in the NFL, executives, front office types, coaches, for having ambition and wanting to do more in order to become more in the game? Right. You don't, you're not knocking them. You know what I'm saying? So that's, but it's the, the thing that we're knocking. is how he's doing it. It's the path. Okay? But we're only getting one side of the path. That's right. my thing. Is everything, and you and I talked about it. A lot of, lot of anonymous sources. Oh, I didn't want to say anything for fear of retribution. Well, that's a nice way of saying that, that's just a nice little qualifier because when the reader says that, they're like, oh, well, I can understand that. Yeah. Oh, well, you want I, I, don't, I don't blame him for wanting, not wanting to say anything. I mean, if Don Staley, who, who allegedly had nothing but nice things to say about him, all right, and, and Don Staley's very well respected in the female coaching ranks. Okay. Okay. Just coaching ranks in general, but from, from a women's basketball standpoint. So she raved about him. What did she say? All we know is that she raved about him. Because here's the thing. This story did a great job of pointing out all the people that had negative shit to say about him and all the mess that he was stirring up. Right. Hey, we, we'll, we'll give them paragraphs to talk about it. Don Staley gets a, 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 a sentence in a, in a parentheses. But you got – you said the name. Don she raved about him. Yeah. But I want to know what she said. Okay. The people who didn't say, how come we don't have all those names? What do you mean? Who said the bad stuff. Right. We got a lot of anonymous. Yeah. But she raved about him. What did she rave? Exactly, right? So that's what I'm saying. Again, I don't doubt that Jack Easterby is a little snaky. He gives off a sporty Joel, Joel Osteen vibe. Okay. Okay. That's that, that was a vibe. Joel Osteen. Okay. Okay. That's what I tweeted out. He's a sporty Joel Osteen. But I just I, I just feel like this was a hit piece of the of 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 the nth degree. These are the 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 type of hit piece and the way they went after this dude in real life is is the kind of stories you'll read about people who have done like criminal damage to people. Yeah. Okay, like pedophiles, sex uh, uh, sexual assault artists for crying out loud, you know, criminals, Ponzi scheme folks, you know, like we're investigating this guy because he's in, we think he's embezzled all this kind of money. That's the kind of stuff that these hit pieces are 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 designed for. Not some team chaplain for crying out loud. 
I tell you what, the, you know, oh, we've never seen anything like this in our league before. You know, as far as uh, uh, a guy rise to the, to the level that he has. Okay, guess what? You never seen a president who who who'd never been in politics before. Yeah. I mean, it's, it happens. These, I mean, it's 2020. These things are happening. And again, I, I, to your point, ha- has Jack Easterby gone about it in a, in a very questionable way since he's been in Houston? That story would lead you to believe that. But I, I, I'm telling you what, I just felt like I was reading a story that, for all I know, it was Jack Easterby's side piece and Bill O'Brien and insert whoever else that didn't like this dude. I mean, they had some undrafted free agent from 2019 in there throwing uh, uh, quotes in there. Like, really? That's where we're at? Some dude, that, an undrafted free agent is, is, one, of your, is one of the uh, uh, parts of your story. I just, I, I, again, I, I just, to me it speaks to this Texans franchise is in disarray. This highlights it. It goes back to why Cal McNair is doing what he's doing. And if I'm Jack Easterby, I'll tell you what. I don't know if this guy's going to keep his job because if, after the way that story was written and the things that were said about him, I, I don't see how he can. Unless, unless another story comes out that refutes most of what was out there. Because we're going to have to hear from some Texans. I'll tell you what, you know, you know what cures all this? You know what cures all this? What's that? Let Deshaun Watson come out and say he's got no problem with... Uh, Jack Easterby. Let Deshaun come out and say let 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 Deshaun or JJ come out and say they have no problem with Jack Easterby. Then well, then then does the tenor change? Well, would that, it for you? That's a good thought, good sentiment. But they've seen this story. They ain't said Jack shit yet. They 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 how many this. But, but how many players? How many uh, um. Reporters have already posed that question to him. What's your feeling on Jack Easterby since this story's come out? I'm, I bet you any kind of money those stories been those questions been posed to him already, and they've probably said, uh, "I got no comment. Uh, he's all right. He's good. Uh, he's. I got no problem with him. So I, I don't deal with the guy. I mean, you're gonna get all the most obligatory type answers just." Blanket answers. Eh, he works in the front office. I don't see him much. I, I have no comment on that. Let's see. Look up one. According to this from uh, <clears throat> from Peter King. Asked to respond to a new bombshell report published by Sports Illustrated that Jack Easterby is a power-hungry schemer. (laughs) Uh, While King offered a slightly different take on the controversial executive who made the unprecedented jump from Team Chaplin to one of the top personnel jobs in the sport. Um, uh, Our boy said... While Easterby is undoubtedly a hated man in Houston, <laughs> uh, according to King, it's not fair in his estimation for the 37-year-old to be blamed for all of the team's woes. Well, that's a given. Um, okay, before Amy Palasic got fired, I talked to her about Jack Easterby, and I said, you know what's really weird about this story? 
I think people out in the world think Jack Easterby has a lot more to do with what happens at the top, very top of the Houston Texans, than he really does. Now, I'm not saying he is without authority. He certainly does have some authority. But the football decisions until October 5th or whatever day Bill O'Brien got fired, every football decision, although Easterby had a say in it, every football decision since he walked in the door there belonged to Bill O'Brien. Okay, and then Bill O'Brien was gone, and now she said that. She's fired. Hmm. Jack Easterby did not fire Amy Pulasic. Of course club, not. The club president did. But having said all that, he does he does have the ear of the owner, Cal McNair, who is not nearly as decisive or as authoritative as his father was. And I do think he is going to have the ability to be influential in the GM and perhaps in the head coach that they hire. But I also don't think he's going to make that decision on his own. Um. So having said all that, he's in a bizarre position. He was brought in as sort of a right-hand man to Bill O'Brien. O'Brien trusted him implicitly. Every night in training camp, Easter Bay had a half-hour meeting with everyone in the building, middle manager on up, including Bill O'Brien sitting there in the audience. And he said, okay, here's what we learned from today. Here's what we got to do better tomorrow. It was that kind of meeting. Everybody reported to him and all that. So, again, he had a unique role in the organization, but I think to some degree his role has been overstated. I, I think that's I'm, – I'm telling you, I, I really believe – It's not an overstatement if every night you have a – freaking meeting with the guy and he's telling you what we've learned no this is what you learned this is what you're seeing you're telling the upper management and every yeah. including bill o'brien this is what we learned today this is what we got to do better tomorrow that's somebody in charge because otherwise no, no, and he was but he wasn't charge. but but again that but he was in charge of but again that had nothing to do with football stuff that was more me- it sounded like it did every well, night in training camp that's off. Training camp is but football. No, no, but, it wasn't, but it wasn't players, though. There were no players in this meeting. We're still talking about if Bill O'Brien's there, his coaching staff's there. Isn't that middle management? That's coaching. See, I don't know. It doesn't say that the coaches were there. It, uh, from what it sounds like, uh, middle managers on up, including Bill O'Brien in the off, uh, sitting there in the audience. You know what it sounds like to me, to be honest? They needed to give this guy something to do. Oh, I'd have been out of there. I'd been like, man... I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, again, I'm not disputing that maybe this guy is a conniver, but I just I, I feel like it was just the story was so one sided. That's my that that that's the issue I'm having with this story is I, I just feel like it was it's too easy to. The story was so unnecessary. That's what it was. It's stirring well, up the mess. That, that, that's what it exactly. That's exactly right. Everybody else already knows. Around the organization. We haven't heard, from, like you said, we haven't heard from any Texans. No. We haven't. Who, who the the one Dawn, she she raved. Oh, what did she rave? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. We don't. Bill, Bill Bill Belichick said he's not a personnel man, but he's a, but he's a good, he's a good guy. Yeah. Right. But he said that way before he even came here. Well, no, but he said that again two weeks ago, right before the Patriots were going to play him. Okay. You know, the Chiefs had nice things to say about I mean, there's enough guys out there that have nice things to say about him. I, I just, like I said, I, I I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle. I think that's the reality of it. I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle with this guy. Well, we're going to find out um, after the season's over. If he's Yay or nay, this guy's uh, a part of the Texans next year. I'm going to say nay. We, we're, we're, we're cleaning shop. We're cutting up. We're cleaning up. Yeah. You're messy. We got to get rid of you. I say yay. No. I'm going to say yay only because Cal McNair is going to say this. This is my guy. This is 
the stories aren't you know half it's of not his guy. He's he's an idiot. No, he, he hired it. him. No, on be, behest of Bill O'Brien. Because hey, that he, to be Bill he, O'Brien's right hand him, man. But he kept him. Well, we, oh, man. Only reason we fired the coach and the general manager because it was the same person. We don't want to get rid of all them people. <laughs> I, say, I say Cal McNair does it to spite everybody thinking that, oh, he's going to make a decision based on a story. I'm waiting for the. I'm, I'll tell you what I'm really excited about. It's juvenile. I want to see the, the story. Tell you what, maybe we need to reach out to our boy Jack. I want the rebuttal. That's what I want. I want the rebuttal. Come and tell you what. Put me out there like that, saying some shit about me like that. Oh, yeah. I, give me a microphone. Let, let me see what he's saying. I want to, you know, keep, hey, man, that's too many. Uh, 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 and, 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 you know, well, I, I feel you lying. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no time. You're bullshitting. Yeah. You're bullshitting, Jack. We know what you're up to. Yeah, Jack, see, your, eyes we went, your eyes went up and to the right. That's the creative side. If you'd have went up and to the left, you'd have been re- re- retrieving facts. <laughs> up and to the right, I know you're lying. Get the fuck up out of here. You're, you're trying to come up with a story. <laughs> we know what you're been. We know what you're up to, Jack. You ain't slick. Only reason I know that because I got busted like that. <laughs> I always look. I left. dated a therapist once. That's right. Ain't been the right. Ain't been the same since. Ain't been the same since. Um, real quick, we I know we've already given this prediction once. Texans on uh, Texans Sunday. I got twenty three twenty. You've got. Uh, twenty-seven, seventeen. Look at you, three times in a row. Boom. <laughs> Who says that CTE doesn't work? <laughs> Who says that? Don't CTE? hurt. I wrote it down in my hand. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, this thing's gonna be interesting to see uh, how this whole thing plays out. But you're, uh, it's messy. It's ugly. Uh, it's one more distraction for a team. And I, I really want to know. I, I tell, I told this to Babo, and I told this to my dad. They did a favor for somebody. I'm telling you, this story was done out of a favor for somebody. Nah, it doesn't seem like a favor. This seems more like a, hey, you owe me. <laughs> Give me this story. Put this story out there. Not well, hey, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I mean, well, you owe me a favor, whatever. I'm nah, telling you, they were put up to this. Put, they put some flames to them. I remember that I, I covered up. Something. Them. I'm yeah. telling you. No, this story, was, this story was personal. Yeah. Whoever was the impetus for this story, it was personal. I got you. Uh, you. It just it just reeks of that to me, and I'm I, I'd love to. I want to see more fallout. If well, we're, hey, we're already knee deep in this shit. Let's just get a little deeper. We'll figure out what happened. Fallout, baby. That's fallout. It. There you go. He's Henry. I'm Fred. This is the uh, Believe in Texas podcast edition. Thank you, guys. God bless. Cal McNair strikes me as the kind of guy that, based on what he's trying to do, is going to say, give me all the information you have, give me the names you have, and I think if I'm a prospective coach. Because, again, I think the other thing he's looking at, too, is who he's got to compete with. And right now the Texans don't have the best reputation as to how they've handled things in the past. And so I think by having these guys attached to it and saying, hey, listen, if I'm Eric Bieniemy and I've got the Falcons reaching out to me, if I've got, let's say, the Chargers decide to make a head coaching change, because that's the team, that's the, that's the real wild card in all this. Bears, listen, they could fire Matt Nagy today and no one's going to give a shit. All right, because I still don't think you're in the Eric Bieniemy race for this. Chargers decide to get rid of Anthony Lynn. Oh, it's a different it's a different ball game now. Because now I've got Justin Herbert on a rookie contract still, and then I've got uh, Deshaun with no first, no second round picks, and I've got two or three Turd Fergusons who are eating up a bunch of my cap that I got to figure out, get creative with, and and, and, and try to make a uh, you know get competitive in the AFC when I got these behemoths that I'm dealing with on a on a week to week basis. 
All right, you make a, a good point. Are you done? Yeah. Here's what I see him doing. It was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> they told me to do it. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, though, it's, I mean, listen, the buck stops with him regardless. Right, exactly. But I just think it gets better names in the door. It, it, it gets people coming in because uh, at, at a time, you know, they'll, they'll be honored that this committee suggested my name and maybe. Plus, don't you think, too? I mean, listen, it could, because think about it this way, too. It could backfire on you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. It looked like a safety net to me, so I could blame these. Well, I don't. You know. I mean, but here's the thing: you, you can't because listen, he can't blame Bill O'Brien. He already. I mean, the buck stopped. At the end of the day, the buck has already stopped with him. Well, I mean, the boo birds are already out. I, I like what he's doing. I think it, it it's admirable. But um, I love it. I, I think I I just I think you have to if if you're Cal McNair, and don't you think it speaks to? And you talked about this three or four weeks ago. Learning his way. Exactly. That's you know, and that that's why I think it's I like what he's doing. Yeah, but I don't know. I got to see it play out. I can't. I can't. If it lands Eric Bieniemy and a good GM, I mean, ultimately, you don't know how much input these guys are ultimately going to have. Right. But at the end of the day, he's picking their brains and they're giving him information that. Hey, this dude's available. This guy, all right. Rodney Buford's going to tell him. Hey, I mean, again, you work twenty years with the Spurs. You've picked up a thing or two, and who knows? Maybe he makes some outside the box hire. Maybe he comes. Especially, I think more from a GM standpoint. I don't know that you can. I don't think you can do an outside the box hire with with a with a head coach. Those I don't think those typically work. So you thinking he's going to offer the GM job to Tony Dungy? No, you've already gone that route. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, well, you kick the tire. Maybe, maybe a guy like a Jeff Luno becomes a player personnel guy. That's what I was thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's what, I, think that, I think when you think outside the box, I think that's where it comes into from an executive standpoint. Okay. I, don't think, I don't think you can do it. I don't think, you, you, don't, you can't do it from a, from a um, head coaching perspective. Well, you need to win. Yeah. You need to win, and, and you don't have time to play around with, with, with Deshaun's career. So you need to have somebody in there. By the way, uh, our boy uh, – uh, Dez, who was out practicing before the game, then found out he had the COVID. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Another one. There you go. The COVID. Still All right. in 2020. Uh, give me a score prediction for uh, Sunday. Uh, 27-17. There you go. I was going to see if you're going to stay with the same. <laughs> 27-17 Texans. I'm going 23-20. Uh, I think the Texans find a way to win this game. I think it's going to be close. But at the end of the day, number four is still your quarterback. And when you got number four, you're better off than 30 other teams in the NFL. You see what I did there? Yeah. You see. Well, I was hoping you'd catch that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking out the Believe in Texas podcast. You can find us on Apple iTunes as well as Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you give, uh, if you listen on Apple iTunes, please make sure you leave us a five-star review. Why? Because we promise you learned more and had a better time when you left than you did before you listened. And so, don't forget. Yeah? Do not forget. Bet online, IG. That's correct. That's correct. I'm telling you guys, listen, we get all a, a lot of our information from there. We do a lot of, you know, speculating because of the, 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 the pricings that they put up. But they also have 24-hour betting. That's right. I mean, not oh, just casino. betting. The casino. I'm talking about the casino. You can go play, throw a little craps, play some 21. Maybe even roll a roulette. Shake them up, shake them up. Shake Can't em sleep up, at night. 24 hours a day, people, I'm telling That's you. That's it. You quarantining from the Rona, but you, you're asymptomatic, but you still got to stay home 
and you've been fiending to go to. Uh, I thought that was Ray Rice for a second, and you're fiending to go. <laughs> he was 27 though. Tell okay. me he don't look like Ray Rice from afar. Tell me he don't look like Ray Rice. Uh, yeah, right by the earlobes and elbows. What's that? That's what he looked like. Tell me he ain't built like Ray Rice. Tell me he ain't built like Ray Rice. Yeah, Ray Rice might be a little stockier than him. I got to check his hook out first. <laughs> tell you what, man, if Ray would have stayed at that. Tell you what, if Ray would have stayed at betonline.ag on that online casino, he might still be in the league. <laughs> Just saying, people. And Just we digress. <laughs> we want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. That's right. We still got a few more shows left before we oh, get to yeah. Christmas time. We still got a few. But so. I, I start early because I forget later on because I, I turn into the Scrooge. Well, and you got you got hit in the head a lot too. So I do. There is that. Yeah, there is that. So, uh, like I said, make sure you check us out on uh, the Believe Podcast Network. You will be glad you did. For the one, the only Andrew Thomas, I am still that dude, Freddie D. H Town in America. You know we love you. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.